downtown have grouped up against them and said, hey, you can't do this type of development that you want to do to help your economic development. Why? Well, because what you want to do is segregation. What? What do you mean? We have a history of something blight over here. What are you talking about? You get what I'm saying? So there, there are, so so there are fights that take place. There are difficulties that, that go along with it. But we've got to get to the point where we're in control of of that aspect of this whole thing. So um, I could go on and on about this, but 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 we're gonna do another. We're gonna do a show specifically dealing with that. And I'm gonna invite the people who are heads of those CRAs to come in to the show uh, to discuss that that issue. Okay. Okay, well, right. I'm going to get off because I know you've got a lot of callers. And um, I would like to hear from Queen Mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have to say. yeah, absolutely. I would love Live to from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. Three New York City police officers are expected to fully recover after they were attacked last night outside Times Square, where partygoers were celebrating the new year. Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell says the attack happened about eight blocks from Times Square. Unprovoked. A 19-year-old male approached an officer and attempted to strike him over the head with a machete. The male then struck two additional officers in the head with a machete. Police say one of the officers shot the suspect in the shoulder. He is expected to survive. The suspect in the fatal stabbings of four University of Idaho students is reported to be planning to waive his extradition hearing. His defense attorney told several news outlets this weekend that his client is eager to be exonerated. The 28-year-old was arrested in eastern Pennsylvania last week. His extradition hearing is scheduled for Tuesday. 27 states and the District of Columbia will raise their minimum wages in 2023, according to National Employment Law Project. NPR's Aura Benchoff reports most of these increases kick off with the new year. Minimum wages will rise in the new year from Alaska to Virginia. In some states, the increases are pegged to inflation. In others, they're part of a years-long initiative to gradually boost base wages to $15 an hour. Nebraska is the latest state to commit to hitting that benchmark by 2026. Voters there approved the increase in November's election. But in 20 states, there's a different story. They use the federal minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. That hasn't changed since 2009. Since then, the real value of that wage has slid by 27% due to inflation. That's according to an analysis by the Economic Policy Institute. Laura Benshoff, NPR News. There have been more Russian attacks on Kyiv and other parts of Ukraine. The strikes came just hours into the new year and follow a barrage of missile attacks yesterday. President Volodymyr Zelensky says Ukrainians will not forgive Russia. He spoke after Vladimir Putin delivered a new year address. Brazilians are celebrating the new year and a new president. Today, Inauguration Day in Brazil. And as NPR's Kerry Khan reports, a mood in the Brazilian capital is festive but cautious. More than a dozen heads of states and hundreds of thousands are expected on hand to celebrate Luis Ignacio Lula da Silva taking the oath of office. Lula, one of Latin America's best-known leftists, narrowly defeated the incumbent far-right nationalist Jair Bolsonaro last October. Bolsonaro never conceded defeat and has claimed without proof the election was stolen. Security in the capital is tight. Officials thwarted a bomb plot by one supporter Christmas Eve. Bolsonaro left the country Friday for Florida, he will not pass the presidential sash to Lula, as has been the custom of outgoing presidents since Brazil returned to democracy in the 1980s. Carrie Kahn, NPR News. And you're listening to NPR News. Well, wet start to the new year for much of California. An atmospheric river storm has been pulling in moisture from the Pacific Ocean, bringing drenching rain and heavy snow to higher elevations. Flooding and rock slides forced the closure of some roads in northern California this weekend. That storm is the first of several to move into California this week. A founding member of the Grammy-winning Pointer Sisters has died. Anita Pointer was 74. NPR's Amy Held reports she was making music with her family from the jump. Born in Oakland, California in 1948, the fourth of six children, Anita Pointer and her sisters grew up singing in their dad's church. And when their parents weren't around, they'd listen to secular songs on the radio. By 1973, the Pointer sisters were on the radio. And do respect the women of the world. These women of the world crossed genres from funk, even country. You don't love me, it's quiet. 
scoring more than a dozen top 20 hits. Through the 80s. By the 90s, the group had largely disbanded. The last surviving member, Ruth Pointer, says it was Anita who kept them all together and close for so long. Amy Held, NPR News. At the Vatican, Pope Francis prayed today for his predecessor, the late former Pope Benedict, who died yesterday morning. Francis prayed for Benedict during today's Mass in St. Peter's Basilica and later told thousands gathered in St. Peter's Square that Benedict was a faithful servant of the Church. His funeral is Thursday. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Imaginable Futures, supporting the Institute for Women's Policy Research, working to close inequality gaps for women and improve the economic well-being of families. IWPR.org. Hey, it's Lindsay from the Caribbean Cruise, where we play all Caribbean music from the classics to the latest. Sunday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. here on WMNF 88.5, online at WMNF.org or through the WMNF mobile app. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! 9 a.m. weekday mornings right here at 88.5 FM. You'll hear the same fearless investigative reporting on topics too hot for the mainstream media. Tune in to Democracy Now! 9 a.m. weekdays right after the morning show. That's right here on WMNF, Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota, Lakeland, Clearwater, Winter Haven, and Venice. Hi, I'm Sean, and I hope you tune in to my interview show called Tuesday Cafe every Tuesday morning at 10 on 88.5 WMNF. I interview environmentalists, politicians, social justice activists, academics, and other experts about topics that impact you right here in the Tampa Bay area. I focus on issues that are important locally and across the whole state of Florida. The show is called Tuesday Cafe with Sean Canan. It's every Tuesday morning at 10 on 88.5 FM, WMNF Tampa, and on WMNF.org. You're listening to WMNF Tampa, music and news. Right now, you're listening to the Sunday Forum. We have some callers on hold. 813-239-9663 is the number to call if you want to join a discussion here on the Sunday Forum talking about the consequences of elections. With Walter L. Smith, the second. You know, Walter, there's a, this is January 1st. And this is a day that's steeped in in history, historical fact. (laughs) You know, the uh, Haitian Revolution, the Cuban Revolution, and Emancipation Proclamation all took effect on January 1st in their respective years. So this is a a day for people to celebrate, really. What are we doing today? 813-239-9663. You know, the U.S. Immigration Service also constructed and opened Ellis Island in New York on this day. And uh, a lot of what was happening to immigrants today was happening then. Uh, It replaced a facility called Castle Garden. And uh, it was closed because of massive overcrowding and corruption. Money changing. Concessions Uh-oh. were later granted to American Express to end the cheating of immigrants. <laughs> so it all, you know, those were the coyotes of that day, 1892. So how much has really changed, and how much does elections do have an impact? Eight one three two three nine nine six six three. So number to call. This is the Sunday Forum. Walt, you want to go back to the telephone lines? Yeah, we'll go back to the phone lines just a second here. I'm going to put this through. Uh, Angie Stone, I just feel this. In my oh, bones. okay. Angie, Angie Stone, Stone, start off 2023. Brother. <laughs> the official video, brother. Ready? Okay, yep.
Peloton makes rowers now? So what? Well, this is the Sunday Forum here on 88.5 FM. And uh, we're listening. We're going to be listening to Angie Stone talk about brother. Sister Angie Stone and brother. Let me tell you something, man. Before we go to these calls, that song is one of the strongest songs, strongest anthems for in my mind. Um, that's that 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 stands for everything that we should be striving for. And where we need to be as a as a nation. When we talk about black men, black males, right? We are the first line of defense for our for our communities. The first line of defense for our communities. You destroy that, then we have a problem. When Angie Stone says, I have unf- unshakable faith 
unshakable faith. Ladies, let me tell you something. That is what we need from you. That is what we need from you each and every day. And go as we go into 2023, ladies, have that unshakable faith in the brothers that are out there that we are going to win, that we're going to make a difference in our communities for ourselves, for us, that we're going to make that difference. Not that we're going to depend on somebody else to make a difference for us, that we're going to make that difference for us. We. I, I believe that this song is an inspiration, man. I love this song so much. Um, you know, great song, Angie Stone. It almost brings you to tears, man. Mm-hmm. It almost brings you to tears when you think about it. So, hey, listen, let's go to the phone lines and let's let's talk this thing out. Let's yeah. talk this thing out. And uh, we're going to go straight away to the telephone lines. You can call us at 813-239-9663 to join the conversation here on the Sunday Forum. You know, Walter, they say more Republicans than Democrats name inflation, energy, and immigration as top priorities facing the nation. And Democrats focus on health care, climate change, poverty, racism, abortion, and women's rights. So. <laughs> Sounds pretty critical to me. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's my response. Yeah. Okay. That's according. That's priorities for 2023. Go ahead, caller. Let's see. You're on the Sunday Forum. Yeah. Hello? Yes, sir. Yes. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? All right. Hey, Happy New Year, Doc. Hey, how you doing? Happy New Year. Man. All right. All right. Good New Year to all. Right. Well, here's, here's my take on uh, you know uh, the elections is that there's uh, one thing to talk about elections, but people got to get out and vote. I mean, I, I can remember going down to my local barber shop. There are these four barbers there, and they're all you know. This is the, the to us, this is the best place, the community forum, you know. And none of those guys voted, except for, like, I got to one, one guy named Corey voted. And you couldn't convince them. In fact, uh, it, was, it, it, was, it was the the reasoning is, is you know other than my vote doesn't count. But you know uh, these guys had no no felony records, nothing like that. You know, but uh, that mindset that people don't go out and vote. You see the same thing. I was talking to Al Austin uh, mm, mm. about his uh, campaign and stuff. He says it's Norm man. You know, uh, something like uh, 300 people showed up at the on FAMU campus to vote. Right. Uh, in right. election like that. I mean, it's just disgraceful. The very people, and here he is bringing in millions of dollars into that. Uh, into that community, exactly. in Southside community right. primarily. And Al, I've known Al for 60 something years, you know. And uh, he. Uh, he says, and he, people, when he asked to go out and vote, you know, people wouldn't pass up the signs, you know, and, and so we get what we deserve. And there was this guy who, I mean, he, he had just the folks in Tallahassee in that area vote there, Jackson, um, um, uh, Gaston County, and uh, or so voted, or, and uh, Jefferson County. Absolutely. He got any numbers, along with the, he, he could have. He could have uh, come close, okay? Or he, he could have uh, he, he could have accomplished the margin that he needed to get to get elected because his vote was literally just his. They just drew a line, four lines. Oh, it died! It died right. because because people didn't show up. The block didn't show up. And then um, the other thing too is the is the Florida Democratic Party hasn't been worth two dead flies here. You wow. know, there's a there's a you cannot. Uh, the, the way they behaved in the in the Val uh, Demings election, I mean that sort of funding, and I got to say the National Democratic Party the same way that they just simply just uh, rolled off candidates and take things. Uh, they, I mean, it, it's just like they've just just plain given up in this, this area when there's, there's uh, enough people in here who will. I mean, how can you? How can you live in Florida and be against Social Security? I, I, it's just amazing to me. Claude Pepper 
was a senator. Yes. He was, the one thing, he was 90-some years old, man. And that guy, man, people voted him religiously because he protected, they perceived him as, as protecting Social Security. And how can you vote then for a guy who comes out to the square, a uh, senator who's devised all kinds of his way and live in Florida? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, stripping Social Security. So we we got a, 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 a mindset that's out of this, this way. And our country is literally falling apart. But now we have allowed ourselves to get involved in what we call the big lie. You look at Santos, for example. <laughs> and, well, you and I grew up uh, with folks. Uh, your parents, I, I, you know, dude, if you're going to lie about your credentials, Brother, he lied about everything. The oh, guy, that Santos Yo, guy. That, this guy gets elected, and people unbelievable, unbelievable. And we and we see this when what I'm working with in terms of this uh, thing with these attack on these uh, uh, redefining medical procedures to the point where they're criminalizing them and, and sort of thing, and attack on these these businesses that, that, that and and, call, and criminalizing uh, medical procedures. And the, and, the, and the creation of what we call the opioid crisis, which is not a crisis at all, which is a, a fictitious uh, a segment of the, of the Department of Justice and the DEA. We see this say you just make up anything, and the courts will go along with it. Uh, in fact, you can you can go in and uh, it, 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 you just look at the, the the quality of the judges you you, you get now. You know, you just it's oh, pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But we got, we got to go to our next call, man. But uh, but but you you hit on the head, and uh, again, that is going to be an issue that we're going to bring you on for, Doc, so we can talk more in depth on that issue of the health crisis uh, and the healthcare crisis that we have in our own communities. That mm-hmm. so we can come up with some solutions, man. So uh, listen, right. thanks, Doc. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. All right, now peace to you. All right, we. Tune to the Sunday Forum, taking your telephone calls, 813-239-9663. Go ahead, caller, you're on the air. Yes, good morning, peace and good blessings. Good morning, Queen Mo, how are you doing? Oh, that Angie Stone piece is huh? one of my most favorite pieces. <laughs> because she don't leave nobody out. All brothers, irregardless of class situation, has a responsibility to step up as black men uh, to protect the interests of their village. That's right. And so I respect that sister's work. But listen, come this year, 2023, we have to be focused and having an understanding of do our tax dollars work in our interests or not? So we have time up until February the 7th to get ourselves registered if we're going to participate in the upcoming uh, election mm-hmm. that's going to be scheduled for May the 7th. That's going to have, you know, from the mayor to the city council members on there. And we should be able to make an informed decision based on what we see. If some of these people have been in office for four years, eight years, 12 years, talking the same rhetoric, but we see nothing, then why would we continue to support them? Right. I can tell you, I'm at a city council meeting almost every Thursday, and you can come, voice your concerns, get registered to call, and make your comments online if you can't come. But January the 5th will be our first meeting for 2023. And three of our strongest advocates as it relates to housing for all people has been Bill Carson, Orlando Goose, and Lynn Hertek. Been solid, committed, making the question to the city staff why things can't happen in our community. And when you see, you know, these big uh, billboards that talk about transforming Tampa for tomorrow, and then you look into communities, and I'm in East Tampa, that has been established well over 100 years, and you see absolutely nothing. I mean, the smallest things like 
we need to have rehab done on roofs. Oh, we need to have houses that could be built for working class people. And we just get a mount of excuses. I believe we have to be uh, mature enough to say if individuals are working in our interest or working in the interest of big developers. So come March the 7th, it's not based on personal dislike, but it's based on your interest. If it's not being served, we cannot keep on voting for these same people. And if they don't have a strong opponent, then we vote a no confidence vote by not voting. But we have to be organized and we have to continue to push that council to work in the interest of all people. Thanks, brothers. I appreciate you. You know what? Thank you. Thank you, Queen Mother. We appreciate you as well. Um, you know, one of the things, let, let me let me ask you a question before you hang up. Are you, are you still there? Yes. Okay. One of the things that that uh, that troubles me a great deal is, is, I mean, what you said is very valid. I mean, there's no question that what you said is very valid um, with regard to the questions around why these things that should have been in our community anyway are not taking priority, right? Why, why is it not happening? And I think that's one of the biggest things that people in our communities need to see and understand, okay, and voice. And I don't think it's happening enough. It, where 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 we're saying where 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 we're demonstrating with our vote, mm-hmm. right? That okay. So now, they're, they're, so it didn't take priority. You know, when we said it was going to take priority, right? When right. we wanted it to take priority, so you don't get back in seat. Mm-hmm. We we got to put somebody else in there that's going to make sure that it happens. That that's one that's one aspect of it. Then the other part of it is, like you said, is is organizing. I just want to make sure that I'm I'm pointing that out to everybody. Is mm-hmm. organizing so that we're not so dependent on that elected seat, but more dependent on ourselves in order to make sure that we do that. But that's going to take resources. Mm-hmm. That's going to take resources, and that's going to take savvy movement. Mm-hmm. Very savvy movement. So I, I just wanted to point that out. Am, am I am I right? I mean, is there anything that I've said this, that no, you feel is incorrect? That's correct, Walt. And I just like to say this: we got to have consistent follow through. It's not enough to just vote and go home and wish and pray and hope. No, it has to be a political or a financial consequence for disserving the black community. It has to be. And we have to think of our nickels, dollars, and quarters as viable uh, money into this economy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because if black folks ain't spending, and we might not think, oh, we don't have the, the millions of dollars that maybe the economists is doing a little grabs on, but I can tell you those nickels, dollars, and quarters is what spin this economy because they are counting on black folks to continue to spend even if we're not getting a return. So that that stuff that we might have to do uh, to organize ourselves differently, yes, we're going to go to the meeting, we're going to follow through, but if we can't see a return from our vote economically, we have to come up with different strategies as well. We can't allow, you know, uh, the pictures that politicians take with certain individuals. Right. Us, we got right. to look at our, based on our own site, our online site. Why are these deplorable conditions existing in our community when these votes are being pledged and promises to overturn these conditions 
and you know the city has the budget to do it. But right now, from the mayor on down, it has not had the political will to do it because we have not made it be a consequence to politicians who lie and deceive from the national to the local in taking the black vote, and we get absolutely nothing. Thank you, brothers. All right. All right. Thank you, Queen Mother. I mean, hey, man. Yeah. That was real. That was real. Um, we're talking about the issue this morning uh, on the Sunday Forum about the upcoming elections and the issues that are most important to us uh, going into them. Next caller. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Uh, salute, salute, brothers. Hey, salute. All right, all right. What's going on, bro? Hey, uh, saluting all the people that deserve that. Sister Connie Burns deserves that salute. Daryl, salute. Yes, sir. And, uh, Welcome to the dose zero dose tray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put a little change on it. You know you got to do that, man. You got to be a little versatile with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was listening to the conversation as usual and enjoying it. You're my favorite people to listen to. I used to be my favorite person to listen to, but I can't do that all the time. So anyway, it's <laughs> a joke. But yeah. I've been looking at stuff, and, and Sister Connie is right, and the political thing, I didn't hear anybody mention it, I forgot, because sometimes my brain be going a million miles an hour, but the conversation might not be it. I'd be overshooting the thing. But we had 15,000 votes in the state of Florida sold away. They say they were cool, and nothing, never, nobody never said anything after that. So even if we vote, they put in the foul play. Even if we develop, they put in foul play. We go to school and get educated, they put in the foul play. We go to the church and be good little boys and girls, they put in the foul play. So we got to figure out as a community what is the foul play. We see the gentrification all over the city. I ride through there last night and looked at how the high-rises are going up and they're tearing up the little bitty mom-and-pop houses and little community houses that people raise their children in just to put in uh, duplexes. And I saw some that looked like prison uh, cages. I looked from the outside mm-hmm. the way they was building it. It just looked like little box rooms. I said, what the? And the person I was with said, dog, they're going to charge them for the, up the leg for it. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. And I said, this used to be all West Tampa. I said, they took that whole side out and just put in a, a ravine and moved the people out and made them go pay rent somewhere else. Right. With public, public funds. Supposed to be helping the people get on their feet, helping them move forward. And my thing is this here. And we should be a conscious of this. We should be the coach, C-O-A-T, conscious of all time. Because they do this over and over, man. They do this over. They just, okay, we went to a community meeting, me and my brother at the time, because I've been very active. I don't even want to get into my activity. But uh, right there on Belmont Heights, they had it. We went there, I think, uh Casper was there. They supposed to have something set up by Casper County. One of the Caspers then was the mother. And, um... We talked about the situation and the circumstances and how to help the community, and we gave some real good input. None of that was never done. And the people in there liked it. My brother, they were somebody, he got the best. We're going to see what he's saying. And they said, okay, we're going to take it, and we'll get back. You know, they came in there and tore down all 20 stuff and put in brand-new uh, apartments and gave the people curfews and rules and regulations that don't exist in the house. Yes, <laughs> you live in your house, I tell you what to do, how to do it. So this is the program. You understand me? They use other cultures to come in and deviate and take our culture the wrong way a lot of times and confuse us and make us think it's better. It's not. We're all the same people. We've been the same people since they raped everybody, ladies and gentlemen. There's no purity. And if the purity is, it's about gone now. You understand? So some of the things that we're fighting for is ignorant, just like the black and white box on a, on a piece of paper. They're bringing all these cultures in here, and they got ignorance going, and they're teaching them ignorance, stuff, especially about African-American people don't take care of themselves, don't like their stuff, and that's a bunch of baloney, I'll tell you right now. So we care. We, we go down there. I remember Mr. Knotts, and I'll get off real quick. Mr. Knotts used to be down there fighting city, city council. Oh, yeah. And, and you, don't know, you don't know who Mr. Knott is. Mr. Knott had, was the only man I know in my lifetime that was an African-American man that had heavy equipment, cranes even. I'm talking about he had all kinds. They came in there and cleaned him out, got rid of his stuff, uh, you know, coded him out of his business and everything. He used to be down there raising holy hell. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He used to stand up and speak up. 
speak out. Yeah, yeah. So we have had, we have had people that, that that get on the job, but they 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 seem to distort and destroy them and use people. Look at the guy that they use rhymes that store on top of Sister Connie on top of trying to get her out of a place where they built dead people at, where they should have investigated what that type of property was before they even imposed some type of uh, oversight on anything else. See what I'm saying? So it totally was out of whack. All that's out of whack. And they use us like we ain't nothing but uh, dummies. That's that's all I can say. And, and and I look at most black people if they think they something, that you're just a dummy, man. Don't fool yourself. They're going to use you. They're going to manipulate you. And then they're going to destroy you, even your family. When they go to school. I saw a doctor. They forced some COVID shots on his daughter, African-American doctor. They wouldn't tell them what they gave and They wouldn't do nothing. They were trying to sue the people and everything about that. Up, I think it was up in Georgia somewhere. And they just dogged him because he was a doctor. They didn't know he was a doctor, but after they found out, they still continued to try to dog him and his grandchildren. They don't know what they gave him. They almost killed him. And he's a doctor. And my thing is this here. If you're a doctor, why are you waiting on them to give you a prescription? Why are you waiting on them to develop you a cure? Why are you? Where are you coming from? You got the paperwork. You done been to school. Why you can't develop? Why you can't uh, give us something on the table? You African-American. What, you just going to keep following the little suit, standing in line? You know? That ain't going to work for us, man. We got to get together. We need our own own hospitals, schools, everything. You see how they doing the schools? You know, dumbing it down even more. We used to talk about that. Just going to dumb us on out with the public school system and then charter us up with the private. And you know who coming out to the charter in the private and who's going to get the jobs, same as college, everything. It's all intertwined into this negative voting stuff and this negative we got. We're going to make a change for y'all and nobody's doing nothing. Neither party is really pushing us across this threshold. Right. At Dose Zero Dose Trade. I'll leave it like that. <laughs> hey, man. Thank you, brother. We appreciate you. We appreciate you, I man. I appreciate y'all even more. Y'all have a blessed this year. All right, man. Okay. You too. You too. All right. Hey, man. Um, man, I feel like some Talib Kweli. Okay. What do you think? Go for it. All right. This is the sounds of Talib Kweli on Get By right here on the Sunday Forum.
easy to pull a breezy Smoke trees and we stay drunk Yo, our activism attacking the system The blacks and Latins in prison Numbers in prison They victim black in the vision And all they got is rapping to listen to I let them know we missing you Your love is unconditional Even when the condition is critical When the living is miserable Your position is pivotal What ain't you now? What would I lie? Just to get by? Just to get by? To get fly? The TV got us reaching for stars Not the ones between Venus and Mars Who want to be reading for parts Penis and larger Saturday in the Sunday morning at the feet of the father. They need something to rely on. We get high on the types of drugs. When all you really need is love. Just to get by, just to get by, just to get by, just to get by. We sing like John Lennon. Imagine all the people watch. We rock like Paul McCartney from now until the last beat we drop. Sounds of Talib Kweli right here on the Sunday Forum. Gotta 8.5. If a man listen to... He says, some people cry, some people try just to get by for a piece oh of the pie. God. Oh, man. You love to eat and get high. We deceive when we lie, mm. and we keeping it fly. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So as we talk about this whole thing, you know, God, dog. What an inspirational song, man. <laughs> That's right. What an inspirational song, man. Um, so, so as we talk about this election situation, right, we have uh, all the districts up for election, for re-election, right? Folks, listen, let, let, me, let me tell you the mistake that we cannot make with city council. Don't think that don't think that it's not necessary to run in another district besides District 5. District 5 is known as the Black District. It is a mistake. It is a big mistake to not participate in other district races if you are able to participate in those races. It is a slap in the face to us as a people to think that we solely need to run in District 5 in order to gain ground. If we stay in District 5, that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to stay in District 5. And it's and there's there's going to become a time. There's going to come a time where uh, it's no longer going to be the black district if we're, if we're not careful. Number one. Number two, it is imperative that we run in other districts so that we can have so we have more than just one black person on city council. Possibilities, huh? Why not? But then you know, but then we have to ask ourselves the question: why is it that we're that when we run for those seats, we're told don't do that because it's not the black district? Why, 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 why is that so important? Am I not good enough to represent white people too? Is that is that what you're saying? Not good enough to at least give them a choice to vote for you, <laughs> right? I mean, what, what, what's the problem? What's the problem? What does that say about where we are, right? So listen, and if there's a runoff, please, folks. Go to the po- I'm speaking specifically to the black community. Make sure you're paying attention. Know who is running. Make sure you are going that you make it back. If there's a runoff, you make it back to the polls 
to to make sure that whomever is running, if they are the the person of quality that you want in that seat, then you get them in that seat. We have to strengthen our voter block, and that means going back to the polls for runoffs. Usually for runoffs, we don't go back to the polls. We got to make sure that we're going back to the polls for these runoffs. Otherwise, we're going to end up getting more of the same. Yeah, which is what George did this year with uh, Herschel Walker and Reverend Ralph Warnock. They uh, had to go back to the polls to make that choice. Well, they showed up, didn't they? They showed up. They sure showed they up. They showed out. And it made a difference, folks. It made a difference. So if you think it doesn't make a difference, you're wrong. Um, then we look at the mayor's race. Uh, the mayor's race is one that is very critical for us. Um, there are any number of reasons why <laughs> this is an important race. As we, we have to ask ourselves the question whether or not the promises that were made were delivered on or at least begun to be delivered on. Whether they are whether whether what we what we expect to be done in our communities are being uh, is being done, whether the priorities that that sit heavily on our list are being addressed. Uh, if they are not, then that means that we need to hold accountable this mayor's office and make certain that. It does get done. I don't know. As a matter of fact, I don't think there has been a challenger yet that has applied. Do you see one there? No. Billy? I know that's what you're looking at. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I know look at that. So right now there's no there's no challenger, correct? Not that I can see. Okay. So let me just say there's no challenger for the mayor's race right now. But we but we have to make certain that we are he can nominate somebody. <laughs> good, good. I nominate. Okay, I won't say. <laughs> hey man, hey man. Look, <laughs> look man. Look, let me tell you, we've got to make certain that we are getting done what needs to be done for our communities, and no jive stuff, man. Look, we cannot accept any wooden nickels. We cannot accept. Um, uh, just kind of glossing over our community. How do you do that? That that I mean, listen. Okay, so let, let's let's look at it for a moment. Let's look at the record right now, right? One yeah. of the issues that we're looking at is housing, right? Definitely. Not this, is, this is part of the empowerment process. If if you go, it, I noticed that Habitat for Humanity has been building houses. That's right. You know, poor people, people of color, especially single mothers, have been. Uh, benefiting and uh, these are nice houses they've done some quality work uh, they can't do it all by themselves and I think we need to see more of that kind of home building for people at the uh, at the poor end of the economy you know who are at the right. bottom of the economy so that they can uh, be empowered right. you know being a to homeowner is empowering exactly absolutely absolutely uh, so, so we're looking forward to seeing something different and something there. Because truthfully, I, I've not seen anything effective come out of this office with regard to housing. And, and, let, and let me and let me be clear about this point: when the news article came out regarding the issue of uh, God, uh, what what happens when uh, with, with with the uh, public housing? Right, with uh, people who were coming in contact with the law, uh, oh, yeah. in any way, then it goes to a list. The second that hit, the second that hit, the mayor's office should have been like, no, 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 no. There's something unjust about that. We need to address this, and I mean, address it now. Yeah. The mayor's office should have been all over that. It depends on your value system. I'm just, uh, <laughs> you know, exactly. And and if that's if that is if that is okay with you guys, you know, okay, it's not okay with me. I'm just letting you know flat out, yeah, it's so not okay with me. Can't be. I mean, it seems to be exacerbating a problem. You, know, you create a bigger homelessness problem. Yeah. And uh, but the idea that you can't 
engage in rent control, but you can engage in control of the people. <laughs> right. You know, is speaks volumes. You know, you can't solve a you can't solve a real problem, so you solve a manufactured one. That that is that's not okay. That's not okay. And and it, it actually adds to the to the age old issue of mass what? Mass incarceration. Right. Okay, we listen. We're not trying to get people put in jail. Mm-hmm. We're trying to give them a better quality of life, right? So and that they, so that they don't have to resort to knocking you upside the head, right? Which sends them to jail. That's what we're trying to do. So let so why why are we not focusing on that? Now, uh, we we have to make sure that we're looking out. Also, let's go back to city council. We have to make sure that we're looking also at. Um, at those people, at those council members who are supporting programs that are going to be conducive to economic growth, right? Right. And personal economic growth. What do I mean by that? People, we just talked about it, basically, in terms of everybody being able to participate in the economy. Mm-hmm. If you are not trained to take the job, what are they going to do? They're going to go outside to find what? Talent. That talent's going to come here to this state or here to this city and take those jobs. That's what's going to happen. We've got to make certain that our people are trained to, to take these jobs. Right. So apprenticeships, supporting apprenticeship programs, supporting um, Brownfields programs, Brownfield development programs, which does have, which do typically have training components to them, uh, making certain that we are that we're supporting. Uh, more than just one nonprofit organization in doing that training and preparation, because there has to be that they can't just do it all. And I'm just calling it, calling it the way it is. Listen, CDC does a great job, but the CDC can't do it all. That's right. They can't do it all. Spread the love, man. <laughs> Spread the love. So let, let's 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 get the work done. Uh, then we, then we have to look at. Uh, whether or not the environmental issues this this is this is this is big now now we're talking about environmental issues now right and we talk about environmental issues what what's most important i would not sit up here and tell you that it's okay for us to have for us hillsborough county to have the worst air quality in the entire state of florida again <laughs> again i mean come on Worst air quality in the state of Florida. State of Florida. <laughs> the American Heart Association. Every year, same thing. It's like it's 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 like Groundhog Day, <laughs> right? 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 Up, all over again. I mean, what are we doing, man? And so, what do we need to do in order to stop that? We need to get those electric buses on the road, right? Yeah. County, uh, heart, city. We need to get those electric buses on the road. We need to cut back on the diesel, on diesel that's being released into the atmosphere, right? So let's let's get those buses, make the investment. We seem not to want to make the investments, right? Um, then then let's start let's start making our utility companies do what's right. The utility company that we have needs to do the right thing. They need to remediate the land where they are. With, the, with this coal ash, remediate that land. They need to cut the, uh, go ahead and start moving towards solar and, and not give us a bunch of bull crap because you got one or two little solar fields. Out. That's not even beginning. That's not even dropping the bucket. Man. We need to get, the get cut all that out, stop the coal combustion um, uh, plants, mm-hmm. Go ahead and start and, and just go ahead and get the, the uh, solar fields going. And don't come back to me talking about, well, what about the, the, the devastation of, of uh, what is it, of the, the leftover remains from solar panels? What do you mean? <laughs> they can be recycled. Stop telling me that. Don't, ch- don't try to challenge me on that, folks. I'm telling you, <laughs> the solar panels can be recycled. The, the likelihood of them of a, a whole landfill of solar panels is so far-fetched, it's not even funny. That's ridiculous. So let's not even go there with that. Let's not even go there with that. It's clean energy. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is let's get, clean, let's get some clean energy. Not cleaner energy, clean energy. 
and we need to move towards and stop bull driving around with right. it. You know? Let's go to this phone call we got here. Yeah, 813-239-9663. We're taking your telephone calls here on the Sunday Forum in just a few minutes left on the show. Go ahead, caller. You're on the forum. Go directly to your question, please. Hey, good morning. Uh, Chris Steiner here in Clearwater. Just uh, wanted to answer you, Walter, that um, I don't know if other candidates running for Tampa mayor, but uh, running, uh, or she wants to run. She still wants to qualify Belinda Noah. Is her name? Uh, she's a Tampa Black Attorney, and um, who, who is this again? Belinda Noah. Her website. Oh, Belinda Noah. Okay, yes, I know who she is. All right, great. Uh, check out her issues at uh, BelindaForMayor.com, and, uh, and she looks interesting. I don't know much about her, but I see her being promoted as um, uh, the only alternative to Jane Castor that I of which of whom I know. And uh, okay. you know, they're citing Jane Castor's horrific record. So uh, I wanted to mention that. And um, I, I, I didn't catch all your show, but I just, uh, you know, I caught bits and pieces of it throughout the last couple hours. And and I uh, wanted to add that, uh, you know, in the news last month, the last uh, few weeks, was the CIA admitting that they were involved with the JFK assassination. So, uh, you know, I think that... Um, that, uh, you know, the assassins of RFK Jr., JFK, uh, and um, Martin Luther King Jr., that, uh, you know, they were not lone gunmen, and that's, that's publicly known, that's well commonly known now. So um, I hope uh, Americans aren't so generally complacent that they don't care about the coup that happened back then. And uh, I think it might even be a coded message to RFK Jr. that... Um, you know, look, we can do whatever we want. The American public doesn't care about their own government. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's also a good argument, I think, for the people to be better armed and government to be less armed and less funded with that coup. So I just uh, wanted to see what you had to say. Well, let me tell you, I, I just I, I feel that uh, with regard to that, and of course, this is not our our subject of the day but I tell you what um, do we need to be prepared for something like that need to be be aware yes we need to be aware we not be we need not be so gullible as to think that these things don't happen they do happen and uh, I mean I think I think it's not lost upon us the the fact that these things are happening I mean evidence of that is the admission of the of the of the um, injection, if you, if you will, of, um, of the distribution of drugs in, in the black community that was finally admitted to by the CIA and FBI uh, with yeah. regard to that whole thing. At, uh, I think it was in 2002 or something like that. I, I forget what year that yeah. was exactly. Gary um, Webb. Yeah. Gary Webb was yeah, killed that. Yeah. So when that happened... Um, it, it was. It was. What was funny to me was the reaction of every of all the black folks in that gym when they said it. He said, it and everybody was like, "Ooh, oh!" Like this was like, like I mean, I kind of get it because it's like, wait a minute, this guy just admitted to this like right now, and so everybody's like, you know what? Okay, yeah, we knew it was going on, but now you finally admit to it, and you know, it is what it is. So, hey man, thanks for calling. We appreciate you, Chris. All right, thanks. Take care. All right, man. Peace, brother. Uh, that's funny, dude. That's funny. Um, so, hey, man, listen, I, I want to thank everybody for joining us today and this New Year's version uh, of the version yeah. edition of the Sunday Forum. Uh, we talked about uh, the election that's coming up. We talked about some of the issues. That March 7th. Huh? March 7th. March 7th. Hey, you know, there will likely be runoffs. <laughs> And we expect you to show up for the runoffs, too. Uh, but familiarize yourself now. And we will be making you familiar with some of these people. So the every election the should be about empowering yourself, empowering the people, not empowering those individuals. That's right. That's right. Make sure you, you're making your, your choices now about how you want to, what policies you want you want put together. And let's push those policies, folks. All right. Uh, we're going to go out to, to Talib Kweli again. 
hit vibe. It was so inspirational. <laughs> let's do it. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's do it, baby. And the postmodern hoot nanny is coming up next here on WMNF Tampa. As always, from my voice to the radio waves, the hearts and minds of people, we love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it here on the Sunday Forum. Yeah. Yeah. Cracked her own out the back of her home. She smelled the musk and the dusk and the crack of the dawn. We go to episodes two, like Attack of the Clones. What till we break a bag and you hear the crack of the bone? To get by, just to get by, just to get by, just to get by. We commute the computer, spirits stay mute while your ego spread rumors. We survivalists turn to consumers. 